Welcome to another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the MagicBasketballOnline.com name. He's Spencer's Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio, and uh, we're going to do a little list nitpicking here. Uh, before we get to that, though, I, I do want to say that uh, we do have our uh, our draft shows coming up. Uh, we're going to do a whole episode on the number 11 pick that the Magic have, and then another episode on who they could look at in the second round with number 41 and number 47. Uh, we might mix in an episode uh, with involving free agents and potential draft night trades. Um, I don't know if you got anything up off the top of your head right now, but uh, you don't have to worry about that right now, Penny. So uh, anyway, we're going to jump right into the whole point of this episode. So OrlandoMagic.com has a top 70 players list of the best Magic players of all time. Uh, it was created by Josh Cohen. Good guy, very smart guy, awesome, uh, awesome basketball brain. As far as I can, I can pick up on any basketball conversation, and he'll he'll jump in no matter in, in an instant. So. No man, and and noted fitness expert as of five years ago for two weeks on OrlandoMagic.com, where he posted workout tips and get fit tips, and then it disappeared for no reason. Did he really? I I don't remember that. Well, you know, short lived. Did you pick up anything useful from that? No, I'm still fat. <laughs> So anyway, uh, so Josh, uh, you know, we love you, buddy. Uh, I, I do apologize, but we're, we got to nitpick this list of 70. I think before we even get down to nitpicking player by player and number by number, I think we first have to start by questioning why it's a top 70 list and not a top 100 or top 50. Have you ever heard of a top 70 list before, especially being that it's not the team's 70th year? I, I don't know. I've never heard it. Maybe it's good for the Google hits. I don't right. know. I mean, maybe seventy five, like a you know. I, I don't know, but I mean seventy. Maybe Josh started going through the list. He's like, I, I think I can maybe push it to seventy tops. That, that's about it. Maybe he was going for a hundred, and then he kind of he kind of topped out at seventy. I for a twenty six year franchise history, we've had a lot of fun players pass through and a lot of talented players come come through. So. This will be interesting to discuss. Maybe for one of the future MagicBasketballOnline.com pieces, maybe we'll do a top 100 Magic players list. I don't know. I feel like now we have to. Um, but we will, uh, we're will. we going to go through this list. Uh, we're going to start from 70 and up. Uh, we're going to break it down into, I guess, segments of 10. Uh, so going in order from 70 to 61, it goes Monty Williams, Maurice Evans, at 68, it's Carlos past the bread Arroyo. Uh, 67, Anthony Oldman River Johnson. Uh, 66, Chris Gatling. Chucky Atkins. Danny Shea, 64. 63, Brandon Bass, uh, also known as uh, eventual future MMA champion, Brandon Bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he, he could easily get into that game when he's done with yep. basketball. Uh, 62 would be Deshaun Stevenson. Mm-hmm. This was before people loved him. <laughs> Uh, 61, uh, we'll, we'll stop at, uh, Trevor Ariza. So, I, you got any initial thoughts, uh, on, on that list of 10 off the bat? And who, you know, we looked obviously at, at the top 70 list altogether. Right. We'll have it posted on the site when we post this podcast as well, the link and everything. Um, who do you have that you think is missing from the list that should be in here? Uh, that's, that's an interesting Interesting question. This this set of ten, a lot of fun headband situations going on. You got Chris Gatling, noted headband wearer. That was when Deshaun Stevenson, uh, pre Abraham Lincoln tattoo, but post Yamaka headband style. So yeah, that o three o four Magic team all had headbands. Even the recently passed away Sean Rooks wore a headband. So I mean that that was interesting. And Shaman Williams had it. The guy that yeah. the Magic traded, uh, you know, for Rooks. Shaman Williams not on the list. No, which I would not put him on the no. list. <laughs> I like uh, I like Monty Williams at seventy. I think that's a pretty fair. Uh, pretty fair estimation he had a couple good years under doc rivers as a kind of veteran presence playing next to tracy mcgrady um anthony johnson gets extra points for being part of the finals run even though he didn't get to play in the finals he did have a few awesome dunks though i remember uh ending one of the quarters against the the sixers he had that great uh buzzer beating driving dunk that that got everybody hyped up so you earned some brownie points for that yeah um i mean you know, he, any, anyone that's that's on the that made it 
to the 09 finals, I think, is on this list. I think so. And they deserve to be. I like Chucky Atkins at 65. I think that's fair. He had some good, uh, memorable times, you know, playing with Daryl Armstrong, almost getting the Heart and Hustle team into the playoffs. Uh, don't really like Danny Shays on the list. And I'm in agreement with that. Don't really like that his wife dressed him in khaki pants every every day. Um, other than that, yeah, you know. So I, I don't know if Maurice Evans belongs on here, even though he was part of the team that beat the Raptors in 2008. You and I were at a couple of those games. Yeah. You know, the Magic had not won a playoff series in 12 years leading so up to that. That's a fun thing. I was trying to remember how many games Maurice Evans played with the Magic. I know he just finished the one season. He came over with Brian Cook. Fun fact, though, he shot over 40% from three-point land in that playoff appearance. So he so he know, probably belongs on here. Then he gets some bonus points for you know helping us win a playoff series for the first time in a decade. Yeah, you're gonna see the, as far as what the qualifications of this top seventy list were is Josh Cohen had a couple of factors. He has statistical performance, obviously, while with the team, longevity, how many games, uh, you know, performance in big games. So I guess Maurice Evans does I guess belong in that top seventy if you think about it. Uh, impact on winning, and then memorable plays while with the Magic. I'm assuming good memorable memorable plays, not bad ones. So, see, that's a fun thing. Whenever you talk about best players in Magic history, list is we we've gotten so many star quality veteran players on the tail end of their career. You know, if you talk about Patrick Ewing, Dominique Wilkins, etc., that it's a really important distinction that we're only talking about what they did while they were in a Magic jersey. And neither Patrick or Dominique is on this list. so um, Which is fair, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree Danny Shea sh- shouldn't be on there. I don't know if I could put Trevor Ariza on this list, even though he did have some epic dunks. I, I can remember him kicking a Mecca Okafer in the nuts going up for a dunk while Okafer was with the Bobcats. I can remember still Hubie Brown. There's like a YouTube clip of Hubie Brown going nuts when uh, Ariza dunked all over Jermaine O'Neal while he was with the Pacers. I think the word mezzanine was brought up, so anytime you can do that during a dunk highlight, I think I, I think you you know it's fine. Um, okay, this guy right here dunking from the mezzanine. Okay, but uh, Trevor, you know. Trevor is more known for killing the Magic than helping the Magic, I feel like. Definitely uh, became a much better player as he got older, and he matriculated after he left the Orlando squad. I think one player we talked about, Dominique, not being on the list. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Gerald Wilkins here in 60 to 70 range. Yeah, I, I thought about him, including him in the snub range. Um, I, I have a long list of snubs. Um, I'll bring up a couple here and there. Uh, one of them I'll bring up is Kelvin Cato. Kelvin Cato is not on this list. He was part of the McGrady trade that brought back Steve Francis and Contino Mobley. Cato, I think, gets a lot of cre- doesn't get enough credit for showing Dwight how to be a tough guy down low. Uh, Dwight Howard, being, uh, as far as a, yeah. a, a, you know, as a eventual rookie. as an eventual star center. I mean, you know, when the Magic brought in. Cato, you know, everyone thought Dwight Howard was going to be a power forward in the making. I mean, right. people thought he was going to be Kevin Garnett version 2.0, and even Dwight mentioned that. And Calvin Cato really played well to start that season. Then he got injured. I believe that was Francisco, Francisco fucking Elson, Elson yeah. yes. Um, and that kind of, that team got off to a great start. I want to say... Pretty much that, went to crap once Catino Mobley got traded. Yeah, and, and, we'll get, that, and we'll get to Catino later on in this the list. The November of that season, think did we win Coach of the Month? We got off to a great start. Steve Francis had a couple game winners and did the Steve-O thing, but Calvin Cato was a, was a, a key cog in that team to start that season. Yeah, that 04-05 season was interesting because you had a couple veterans and you got guys like Dwight and Jameer Nelson, rookies, trying to learn and... It was, it was a very intriguing time, and John Weisbrod, I think, doesn't get enough credit for actually making some good moves. That was a decent trade, yeah. Yeah, I, I, considering McGrady wanted the Magic to trade away, the Tracy McGrady wanted Magic to trade the number one pick away, you know, it got to a point where, you know, McGrady was just asking to get out at that point. So I think Weisbrod got a good haul. Um, rambling a little bit here, yep. I guess. Uh, so going, so I guess we'll go up to 60 through 51. We'll go, yeah. Uh, so number 60, Darko Milicic, Serbian swatter, mm-hmm. 59, Keith, uh, foot on the three point line, Bogans. Yep. Toenails. Uh, yeah. Long toenails. Uh, 58, Keith, uh, Keon Dooling, 
57, Gordon Giracek. Yep. Uh, 56, Jason White Chocolate Williams. 55, Sean Kemp. This not obese Sean Kemp. Yes, very large uh, version of Sean Kemp. Uh, ben Wallace, 54. Mm-hmm. 53, Matt, uh, he will kill you, Barnes. Yep. Uh, 52, now th- this is the first of six current Magic players listed on this top 70 list, and I'm stunned to see him on here. Jason Smith is listed here at 52. That's ridiculous, but we'll get to it. Uh, 51 is, uh, is Sidney Green. You gotta go back in the day a little bit. Sidney Green was a very, was not a big dude, but he played a lot of center for that Magic, for the Magic. Uh, yeah, I remember, uh, I have his <clears throat> basketball card signed when he was a member of the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, he's the father of Torian Green, who won the national championships at Florida and had a pretty good overseas career. Decent player for the Magic uh, as the organization got off the ground. I want to circle back to, let's start with Darko Milicic. I think to put him at 60, what are your thoughts on that? I'm actually okay with it. Uh, I think Darko, I want to say he was here a year and a half, two yeah. and a half years maybe, uh, no more than two. Yeah. Um, the Magic got the prime years of Darko. No, Darko never played as well. He literally, he did literally the played, yeah, the best years of his career. He His blocks <clears throat> per minute was through the roof, and then the decision not to sign him ultimately was we, we basically decided not to sign him and then we signed Richard Lewis so you can kind of argue that we we made the right decision there he gave us his best years and then we moved on and had our best years yeah and Darko was part of uh, the trade that included Carlos Arroyo back when uh, Brian Hill was at the helm right. and trying to trying to get the magic into the playoffs and they would eventually help the magic into the playoffs um, yeah I think Darko actually I think Darko you can almost bump him up a little bit considering some of the others on this uh, 51 to 60 range list, um, Keith Bogan should not be on here. Well, I think... I He's think, got the longevity, but, I mean... I think we owe Keith Bogans a spot on the list. He's drafted to the Magic in the second round just in time for the awful 21-win season yeah, in 2003, which 2004. Again, we saw firsthand, right. live in person, Hangs way too around much for a that. couple years, has a really dark, uh, really deep voice, <laughs> hangs out at the Fandemonium events and talks to us. Then he leaves... Then he comes back just in time for the uh, great 2008-2009 season, and we trade him right after Jameer Nelson gets hurt for Teron Lou, so he doesn't even get to experience the finals with us. He had a really weird career. Yeah, he did, and there was a lot of yo-yo back and forth going on. I mean, I, I don't know if I could... I mean, it's it's up for debate if you would include him on this. And again, he would always anger me because he missed out on making so many three-pointers. Instead, they were long two-pointers. Yeah. Um, he, he literally is the king of the long two. Uh, Keon Dooling, fifty-eight. Uh, I I'm I would be okay with him being here if if other point guards were included in this top seventy list. I think Mark Price is missing from this list from the ninety-seven ninety-eight season. Him and Derek Harper manned that backcourt when Penny Hardaway was out for that whole season. Yeah, and Mark Price. At the tail end of his career, got it done. Got it done. The man had, had put, puts up some decent percentages, man. And I, I think Mark Price should be on the list. I think you can argue a guy like Troy Hudson could be on this list, yeah, um, just for his rapping skills alone. Yeah, and and the and the cornrows. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with Keon being on here, but there's there's a couple point guards missing. That that's that's my gripe with that. I like dueling. He was a good spark plug off the bench for several seasons. Uh, consummate professional, good guy in the community. Well, we can throw him a bone. What um, I don't like, I, I got to tell you, is Gordon Gierczak here at 57. And what I would do, honestly, is I would swap him down with Deshaun Stevenson. They actually. Uh, Magic acquired Gearcheck in the trade with Memphis when they got Drew Gooden. He helped propel us into the playoffs where we ultimately choked away the series to Detroit. He had one memorable game against Detroit. One one really good game. Uh, comes back next season and then eventually gets shipped off to Utah in exchange for Deshaun. And I feel like Deshaun Stevenson had a better career with the Magic than Gearcheck did. I'll agree with that, uh, but... I, I... I, I, you know, Gearcheck played such a vital role. Him and Drew Gooden coming in from that, from that Memphis trade to, well, I mean, mostly that just fueled Tracy McGrady to get angry and just go off yeah. uh, for what should have been. I still think McGrady should have been MVP of the two thousand two two thousand three season. Incredible season. Um, unbelievable season, and you know, all that happened because Mike Miller got traded away. But uh, I think Gearcheck did enough. Uh, when the team was good that six months uh, stretch that 
he definitely belongs on here. Uh, the guy that should definitely not be in here is Sean Kemp at 55. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, just if Patrick Ewing's not in here, you can't put Sean Kemp in here. Yeah, and speaking of that playoff series against Detroit, that was somebody that we really could have used to, to at least throw your fat weight around and put a body on somebody, and instead we had to rely on Pat Burke and Pat Garrity. So my, my, my biggest memory of Sean Kemp is him and Tracy McGrady laughing on the bench while the Magic choked away the 3-1 series lead. I mean, they, they, that happened in Game 7. My biggest memory is Sean Kemp. Uh, I think he kicked a ball, and then that ended up being the reason Tracy McGrady kicked the ball to the second level and got ejected the one night. And also, any time that he dove on the floor and landed on a teammate, and you worried that they were going to be out for the year because at that time he was sweaty and 400 pounds. Yeah, we talk about sweating like Patrick Ewing in the fourth quarter. Sean Kemp uh, actually exceeded uh, Patrick Ewing's perspiration and, in those years. And those away star jerseys did him no favors either. No, uh, definitely did not. Uh, I will say, yeah, he could have used some pinstripes, <laughs> I think. Um, Jason Smith at 52. I mean, w- one season, look, I. I, I guess I hyped up his jump shot so much that other people lo- you know, love Jason Smith. I was always saying his jump shot was dropping like Horace Grant version 2.0, but come on, it was one season. The Magic didn't make the playoffs. Jason Smith I don't, just didn't have... It was remarkably unremarkable. Yeah, I mean, look, he's going to get paid this this summer, probably not by the Magic, but, I mean, it, it's... I don't. I, he just should not be on here. Just, here's here's a name, and I'll give you a power forward who I think you take Jason Smith off the list completely. You replace him with Derek Strong. Now this ooh. is a power forward, tough guy. Also nailed the mid range jump shot at a pretty decent clip. Had some longevity with the Magic. Played in the kind of two thousands where we were, you know, a, a plucky bunch, whatever. Good good fan favorite guy and. He turned into like our mini Brad Doherty in that he became a stock car racer after retirement. Oh, that's yeah, that's very interesting. Uh, I actually have three bigs that probably should be in here as well that yeah. are not on the list at all. Okay. Uh, the first one is Tom Tolbert. Tom Whoa. Tolbert before Horace Grant showed up. Tom Tolbert was uh, was one you know during those early nineties yeah. one of the starting power forwards uh, when he had know, hair. Yes, and he had a great jump shot too. Um, <laughs> You know, you can see some some fun highlights. To, you know, most of it, obviously, is to watch Shaq or like Michael Jordan put up like sixty points. But Tom Tolbert, yeah. that guy, ha- really was drilling those those mid range jumpers, and I think he he should be in there, even though he played a year in Orlando. He, he should be in there. Uh, Michael Ansley, you know, the Magic dropped that trivia question: who was the right. Magic's first uh, second round pick in franchise history? It's not Dennis Scott. It's not Nick Anderson. It's uh, it's Michael Ansley, and. Uh, you know, he, he it's interesting because he he wasn't known for any type of shooting. He's just get in there, hustle. He was kind of like Bo Outlaw before Bo Outlaw showed up, and they both wore 45. Yeah. Um, I think Ansley should be in there, especially if you're considering guys like Jason Smith are in there. Um, and then probably the biggest big man snub for me is John Amici. That's a great one. John Amici is not in this top 70 list, even though – he was one of the anchors of the Heart and Hustle team in 99-2000. What a great pull. I think they got him out of the CBA, signed him before the preseason that year, ended up making the team, and then ended up really becoming the starting center. It was a fun surprise. You talk about uh, notoriety. This is not when he was a Magic player, but obviously came out as one of the first homo- openly homosexual NBA players post-retirement. Yes. Uh was really great with the fans, was really great with the media. I know he had that running column with Brian Schmidt's Tea with Meech and the Sentinel. Just really introspective and intelligent guy. And and he played well for the team. Yeah, and even if you follow him now on Twitter, the guy's got quite quite an opinion, quite just quite a large base of knowledge in general. Not even basketball-wise, it's just in general. He's a very intelligent man. And the other interesting thing with him, too, is we obviously we, we, had, we had him on a short-term deal. He played so well that he decided to re-sign with us as a, as a sign of good faith, turned down a ton of money from the Lakers uh, to re-sign with the Magic because he really liked Doc Rivers, really liked Orlando. actually think he adopted a couple of uh, underprivileged kids, or you know, not maybe not legally and totally, but basically yeah. invited them to live in his house. and Kind-hearted was, man. Yeah, a steward of the community. 
um, came back and didn't have the same success after that after. first season, um, and then ended up going off to Utah, where he kind of you know got the money he deserved, but well, career wasn't quite the same. Yeah, I mean, he he belongs on this list though. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's you know that's sixty to fifty one. Uh, I now let's do uh, fifty to forty one. Uh, at number fifty, Matt Harpering, which is a very uh, interesting slot for him being at fifty. Forty nine, Tony Batman Batie. Mm-hmm. Forty eight, Sam Vincent, the original Magic Point Guard. Yep. Uh, forty seven, along with Scott Skiles, who we'll get to uh, eventually. But Sam Vincent started over Skiles, so. Uh, 47, we, we go back to another uh, opening night starter for the franchise and Jerry Reynolds. Ice. 46, Michael Doliak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he was part of the same rookie class as Matt Harpering during that 98 lockout year. Uh, and then another current Magic player, Aaron Gordon is slotted at 45. That's interesting. Brian Shaw is at 44. Anthony Bowie is at 43. So that's two back-to-back 95 finals, guys. Uh, Otis Smith is at 42. He's another one of the original uh, Magic uh, players. Yep. And then at 41, Michael Peaches Pietras. Okay. So where where do you want to attack 50 to 41 right now? Well, let's. Uh, how about Tony Batie? That's a good place to start as any. Uh, acquired him, I believe, for... Was that the Verigel trade? That, uh, Andrew DeClerc and Drew Gooden. Yeah. I think that was, uh, yeah, I think that was the Drew Gooden deal, I believe. So, so yeah, but it's interesting. He's more famous for being injured at a, at a time when the Magic were about to take off because that led to Richard Lewis becoming the Magic starting power in forward. The, in the same way that the Golden State Warriors unearthed Draymond Green by way of David Lee's injury, the Magic kind of unearthed the four-out, one-in style by way of Tony Batie getting injured. When he was healthy, he was a solid player. I think uh, clearly better than... Uh, Kelvin Cato came in about that time. Yeah, but he was the reason why the Magic were able to just say bye to Kelvin Cato once yeah. he suffered that awful shoulder injury at the hands of Francisco fucking Nelson. And so. again, a steady veteran presence, starting power forward next to Dwight Howard for a few <clears> years. You always remember the first possession of every game was a post-up for Tony Batie, and then after that, he just did the dirty work. Yeah, I, I, I'm all right with Tony being at being at 49. Honestly, uh, I don't know if Matt Harpring should be on this list. Other than playing well a good chunk of that 50 season lockout year, yeah, um, he he had nothing but injury problems in his in whole the, career, in the two seasons here. after that. But yeah. yeah, I mean, in three years, he only played 54 games with the Magic. I yeah. mean, I I can't put Matt on here. Now, a guy who I'm okay with being on this list, but who might be a little high, is Michael Doliak at 46. You know, Doliak had a couple fun moments. I can remember him having that awesome first half against Shaq and the Lakers. Right. And then the Lakers obviously coming back and bulldozing the Magic. But, um, you know, Doliak, he, he had some good games. He had He's serviceable enough for where, you know, the Magic short history of existence, Doliak can be in the top 70 right now. Uh, he can stay in the 70, but I agree with you. I think one of the snubs, John Amici, would be higher rated than Doliak in my point of view. Yeah, and I mean, going back to, to Harpering, I, if you're going to have Matt Harpering on here, Corey Maggette's got to be in this top 70. Yeah, Corey Maggette, rookie year, hard and hustle team. He would have stayed longer had the Magic not gone shopping and got, and, and went after Tracy McGrady and, uh, and Grand Hill. Yeah. Um, I, I think Maggette would have stuck around and... His rookie season was was quality. I think um, you know he he didn't average a huge amount of of points per game. I think it was like eight nine points per game. But on that hard and hustle team, I, I thought he he showed the promises of a guy who would have a long career, and he yeah. did. Um, I mean, I, as far as the other guys on this list, Aaron Gordon at forty five. I mean. I need to see more from him. Yeah, for um, right now, that's too high. I mean, look, he's got the prestige of being of you know he should have won the the dunk contest. He got screwed out of the dunk contest, but we're talking on court stuff, um, you know, during actual games. And Aaron had a good sophomore season. He got robbed of over half his rookie season, basically, right, because of the foot issue. Um, Aaron will will probably earn that forty five spot and probably go well above that if he stays in Orlando the next few years. You know, I just I, I wouldn't project right now with him. I like Jerry Reynolds at forty seven. The one trivia question that I always used to stump people with because I have no life. 
which is easier to answer now that Skiles was recently the coach, but uh, Jerry Reynolds made the basket to get Sky- Skiles his record-breaking 30th assist in that game against the Nuggets. Uh, who else? Otis Smith. I think he's got to be on the list. He competed in the slam dunk contest. He was part of the expansion roster. He hemmed the, you know, he was the team's GM. He played well before both his knees gave out, basically. Yeah. I mean, he, he could have stuck around during the Shaq Penny years, I think, had his knees not given out. Um, let's see. Uh, Anthony Bowie we, and Brian Shaw, we can argue, could actually be a little bit higher, but... You know, I wouldn't put him over Michael Pietras, considering what Peaches did for yeah. the 09 Magic team. Great finals run. Yeah. Um, and now, so we'll go to 40 through 31. Okay, uh, so number get... 40 is Courtney Lee. Yep. So you got 41 Peaches, 40 Courtney Lee, 39 Drew Gooden, 38, and I can't believe he's here, is Ron Mercer. 37 is Donald Royal. Uh, and then we have another current Magic guy at 36 is Alfred Payton. Wow. Interestingly enough. Uh, Marchin Gortat, 35. My man, Ronnie Cycli, 34. Keep spinning those records, Ronnie. Catino <laughs> uh, Mobley at 33. And then Glenn Big Baby Davis at 32. And probably one of the biggest surprises uh, at 31 is, uh, is Jeff Turner. Current uh, current Fox Sports uh, color man uh, next to David Steele uh, during the during the broadcasts. He definitely gets points for longevity, but he never really was a standout player on the team. Yeah, I mean, in seven seasons with the Magic, he averaged six and a half points per game. I mean, he he had his starts here and there. He had his his moments. He's hit a couple decent you know uh, clutch shots, I guess, uh, during the team's history, but nothing you know overwhelmingly mo- memorable. Um, I mean, Jeff belongs on the top 70 list because he, he's played, I think, the ninth most games in yeah. Magic franchise history. Um, I just don't know if I would put him at 31, and maybe they maybe Josh Cohen wanted to put him there at 31 to match his jersey number 31. I don't know. Um, Ron Mercer should not be here at 38. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, he played 31 games on the back end of that Hard and Hustle 99-2000 season. Um, I can remember when the Magic traded for him. The Magic were a little bit under 500. They would end up finishing 41 and 41 that season. He didn't help though. No, um, you know, I already mentioned Corey Maggette. Uh Why, why not put Tariq Abdul Wahad in there then, or, or whatnot? Right. You know, David Benoit. I mean, like, where's where? You know, Chris Gatling's all the way down at like 66. Yeah. I think like Chris Gatling was scoring like if, at a much efficient clip. I yeah, think than Ron Mercer was. That's so. lazy. I think Mercer at 38 is is not good, and I, I don't care that he average that he averaged 15 points per game. It was only 31 games. He he. If you watch some of those games, he really didn't didn't help the team that much. The rest of the team really had to work around him. I feel like chucked on a bad team and put up some stats. Let's talk about Drew Gooden. Obviously, had a huge 20, uh, 2003 playoff run. Sparked the team as you know when he came following the trade. But, man, was he god-awful in 2004. The Magic signed Jawan Howard that year. Which we will actually get to on this list. Tried to pair them together with the uh, how good front court and how bad it was. And uh, and infected hair hair follicles. So how can you put him at 39? I mean, I'm I'm actually okay with him being there just because he was so fantastic for a five-month period of time. I mean, he, he, he was like a 2020 guy. He was a 2010, 2015 guy. I mean, like, a year and a half with the Magic, right? I know, yeah. I mean, it's, look. Two jersey numbers and two wildly different results. But look at who's at 33. Like, Catino Mobley played 23 games for the Magic in 2004, 2005, before John Weisbrod made probably the biggest mistake of his life by trading him for Doug Christie, who, thank God, is not on right. the top 70 list. I but. can't believe you're right. Catino Mobley and Glenn Davis ahead of uh, Marchin Gortat and Ronnie Cycli. I mean, and ahead of guys like Courtney Lee, Pietris, yeah. I mean, Anthony Bowie, Brian Shaw. Like, come on, man. You know, it, Josh, we love you, man, but you, there, there's some mistakes here between 30 and 33, I feel like. Jeff Turner's too high up. Um you know, I already we already kind of mentioned Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard is listed at thirty. I mean, look, Catino Mobley played twenty three games. Yeah, he shot forty six point four three you know percent from three point range. You know, he averaged sixteen points per game, but you can't put him at thirty three. Cup of coffee with the team. Yeah, twenty three games. It's it, I would put I would put Catino Mobley at the bottom of that top seventy list. So let's delve in real quick to Alfred Payton at thirty six. Do you think that's too high, too low, or fair? 
I think it's a little high right now, but I, I do honestly believe that he will be one of the most important point guards in Magic history. Um, I, I think for right now, I would put Petrus over Alfred Payton, and I would put Courtney Lee's one year over Alfred Payton's two. Yes, because Courtney Lee really did some phenomenal work during that 09 finals run, and and so did Peaches. But, I mean, Courtney Lee was starting a, a, when he when his face didn't get smashed in right. by Dwight Howard's elbow. Courtney Lee was putting in work. Okay, um, so you want to... So now we'll, we'll bump up to, to 30... To and uh, yeah, thirty to twenty-one. Okay. Uh, Jawan Howard, we already mentioned. Look, he 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 averaged seventeen points per game and seven rebounds, but he's a big reason why one Drew Gooden lost his sanity, and two the Magic went absolutely From down playoff the, contenders yeah. to bottom dwellers. Down, yeah, down, down the tubes in a twenty-one win season during that oh three oh four campaign. Look, my, my the only positive Jawan Howard memory I have of him is on that Christmas Day game where it was a duel between McGrady and uh, you know the Cavaliers with LeBron James as a rookie. Jawan Howard's uh, overtime performance was why the Magic pulled that game out. So I'll, I'll give Jawan Howard about one game. That's he, about it. Literally one game. So let's go real quick through the list for this uh, this set of ten. We got Rafer Alston at twenty nine. Uh, current Magic Man Evan Fournier at twenty eight. Okay. Mike Miller twenty seven. Former Rookie of the Year. Reggie Theus expansion member at twenty six. And he would be top five on a stash rating as well. Oh yeah. We got Jason Richardson at twenty five. Tobias Harris at twenty four. Followed by Pat Garrity at twenty three. Patrick Joseph Garrity <laughs> twenty three. Like Michael Jordan would have liked it. Aaron Aflalo at twenty two. And then rounding it out, Ryan Anderson comes in at twenty one. Oh boy, okay, wow, alright, so we're getting into some serious territory So what's here. your immediate thought uh, from this set? So I already said Juwan Howard needs to get the hell yeah. out of this list. I don't like think entirely. he's even I don't think he's even in the top 70. No. I, don't, I mean, I, no. I can't keep him in there. Um, Rafer Alston, is it wrong if I think all, Ray, uh, Skip to my Lou at 29 is too low? I think... Do, it, do, I, come on, man. We, we've <laughs> had, we talk about, we've had the luxury of having a lot of fun, a lot of quality point guards over the years. Yes. He played half a season with the team. Right? Oh, but what a half a season oh, though, come man. Come on, man. <laughs> he play, you give him the finals run, give him the playoff, you know, uh... Uh, leadership and and you know running the team but come on look i'm probably one of the few people at the time who wanted to hand rafer alston the keys and to tell you're Jameer not Nelson, one of the few people you're you're one of the, the only people that got swept up in no it. no man no one no one was fighting for rafer alston everybody when he got traded oh. for when him and courtney got traded for for ryan anderson and, and vince carter now you know you know what we need to do we need to bench jameer nelson and start rafer alston now come on Oh, whatever. Short-sighted. Um, Reggie Theus is interesting because even though he played one season in 89-90, um, he averaged 18.9 points per game per season. And I would say that he definitely won a lot more games than Juwan Howard did that his 21-win season. Yeah. So I'm okay with Reggie being at, at 26. I think maybe he should be more in the 30-40 in the yeah. range. I think he's a little high, but he, he really gave us some clout right off the bat as like a, you know, a sta- – uh, uh, a known uh, known Commodity, entity, yeah. yeah, and and man, he could fill it up. Uh, Mike Miller, it's a matter of what if with him. I mean, he won Rookie of the Year, and then he just could not stay healthy. I mean, he he just could not, and that's why the Magic ended up pissing off Tracy McGrady by trading him for you know for Giracek and Gooden uh, back in oh three oh four, but or oh uh, two oh three season. I think Jason Richardson is pretty interesting. I think he might be a little high at twenty five. Uh, did not quite have the results that we wanted when we traded for him, traded, uh, you know, to get him from Phoenix. Yeah, it was Carter, Gortet, uh, uh, and Petrus all shipped yeah. out to bring back uh, Richardson and Turkaloo. And I guess we can blame Steve Nash for making him look so good in Phoenix because Jason... But he did, he did have quality moments. I remember the four-point four play against Philadelphia, I yeah. think. Yeah, and, you're right. Yep, And, uh, you know... There was a point where Van Gundy started literally drawing up every last second shot for Jason Richardson when we needed a three in the clutch. Yeah, look, he played 109 games. He his his shooting percentages aren't awful. They just weren't prime range. It wasn't you know he shot 37.7 percent from three point range. He was at 42 percent from the field. He played 109 games total, so he doesn't really have much longevity in that in that instance. 
He belongs on the list, just not 25. I'd, I'd maybe double that to like 50 or something. Yeah, that's probably about right. Um, Pat Garrity at 23. I got no problem with he Pat He should there. be higher. He might, be, he might need to be Samuel higher. Samuel Dallenbear thinks he's higher. Yeah, he ended a man's career, and at the same time, Pat Garrity made some clutch shots. He comes in you know, off that Penny Hardaway trade uh, with Phoenix, and... Uh, and then he, you know, he's coming off the bench during the Hard and Hustle team. And then for the next few years, you know, while Tracy McGrady didn't have Grant Hill to, to be a sidekick, Pat Garrity was probably the second or third best player on those on some of those Magic teams at times. So and he gets a lot of points for longevity. Yeah, he's he's up there as far as games played as well. Uh, Brian uh, Aaron Aflalo at twenty two played two seasons during the Jacques Vaughn tanking year, seventeen point four points per game. Got better every year. I but, mean, he yeah, he had a he you know. he had some some high scoring games. I think he had a forty three pointer and like a thirty seven pointer. So uh, you know, again, Aflalo belongs on the list, but uh, twenty two seems seems a little steep. Uh, Ryan Anderson at twenty one. Look, Rhino was never the guy in the in the playoffs as he was in the regular season and no. that he was way better in the regular season but just could not hit a clutch mode in, in the in the postseason and we were hoping he would take over where Richard Lewis left off and it just it just didn't happen I mean look a lot of people love Rhino um mostly because he, he he and Dante Marcatelli invented the game of snuggle basically uh, but I, I don't know if you can put Rhino at 21 I mean this is where you really got to nitpick, and and maybe we do have to come up with our own list because yeah. there's there's a lot of shifting that I would do at this point. Um, any other thoughts with those guys, or do you want to move on to twenty through eleven? Well, let's get to the cream of the crop here. Okay, twenty through eleven. Terry Catledge, number twenty, number nineteen. Bo Charles Outlaw nice. at uh, at nineteen. Uh, Victor Oladipo is at 18. Interesting. Another current magic man. Uh, 17 is at Vince, is Vince Carter. 16 is Grant Hill. Come on. 15 is JJ Redick. Yee. 14 is the franchise, Stevie, Stevie Francis, Steve Francis at 14. Uh, 13 is the last, uh, current magic player on this list. And that is Nikola Vucevic. Wow. Uh, 12 would be Daryl Flash Armstrong. He was Flash before Dwayne Wade was. Uh, 11, uh, we will stop at with Scott Skiles at 11. Talk about an interesting 10 spot here. Wow. Um, boy, uh, it's, I mean, Bo, I can almost argue Bo might actually belong a little bit higher almost, but, uh, no, I mean, look. Bo's got a couple triple doubles in his back pocket. Yep. I mean, he was he was nonstop hustle. Uh, summer league all time champion. I mean, Mister Subway sub of the game. I think he had that. He I literally he used to go get a Subway sub for lunch every day because he had the free card that he won from from winning that award. A uh, couple stints with the Magic. He was there right up until you know came back. Uh, Stan Van Gundy was here, yeah. still put in some quality practice time with the team. Yeah, uh, a lot of fun, man. Just a lot of fun to watch him play. Um, eighteen, Victor Oladipo. Um, that seems high to me. That seems high to me. Again, you're kind of projecting. I mean, he could be gone this summer. He could be gone next year. Do you really want to keep him at eighteen? Right. So, I mean, I, he shouldn't be up All there. Right, let's talk about Grant Hill. Grant Hill slotted 16. in at sixteen. What are your thoughts on that? No fucking way. I mean, I mean, come on. He's arguably he, you could argue he is the third best Magic point guard or a shooting a small forward, third best small forward in the franchise's history. Like four, maybe fourth, no lower than fifth. But he still missed a lot of games. I mean, I'd at least at least put him below Vince Carter. At least drop him down one. Yeah, I would say Vince actually. You know, for all the shit I give Vince Carter. He, you know, Vince Carter ha- actually showed up for some games and actually, you know, put up uh, some decent numbers both in you know in the regular season. He had a couple good playoff games too. So, especially you know, obviously the 2010 run. Um, Terry Catledge at 20, you know, the Catman. Catman um, there's not too many original Magic guys left on this list. Uh, you know, him, and then you go up to Skiles at 11. Yeah. I think Skiles at 11 is actually okay. I mean, well, you know what? I would actually flip Scott Skiles and Daryl Armstrong. Daryl is slotted at 12. Skiles is at 11. Daryl, his story is crazy. I mean, the guy went from bagging groceries to a, a couple of you know foreign basketball leagues where 
there's not much quality basketball going on. He shows up on those mid-90s Magic teams. I can remember all the crazy suits he was wearing. Yeah. Uh, you know, And then Richie Adubato gives him an opportunity in 97, and, and Daryl takes off. Um, you know, he wins uh, sixth man of the year for the Magic. He wins most improved player for the Magic in the same year. Right. Scott Skiles won most improved player for the Magic, too. That's yes. A, it's an interesting. I think they're kind of right there neck and neck, but I agree with you. I think uh, Armstrong's longevity pushes him over Scott Skiles. And, and maybe Josh put Skiles over Armstrong just because of the 30 assist record. Um, right. Which that may not be broken. I mean, yeah. Honest, it's it's tough. I mean, considering if the, Rondo hasn't even really gotten close to sniffing. No, and I think Steve Nash has maybe like a couple twenty something assist games, but I mean, it's it's going to be tough to see that ha- happening. So Steve Francis at fourteen is really interesting to me. He basically had one half of one good season. He started the o three uh, the o four o five season with I think three consecutive game winning <laughs> game winners, game winning plays. Yeah. I think one of them was the drive against Milwaukee. Milwaukee, and another one I think was a defensive play against the the Hornets on the road. Right. I want to say New Orleans yep. Hornets. But um, then after that, I think he ended up. He was in Seattle. I think he kicked a photographer in the nuts. Yes, he did. And yeah. this was after Catino Mobley right. got traded. And so does 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 a couple quality games just and and memorable plays, right? I mean, game winning plays. Is that enough to put him in your top fifteen? No, I mean, look, he played one hundred and twenty four games for the Magic. He averaged nineteen point four points per game. Like you can't shrug that off, but. You can't put him 14, I don't think. I mean, you got. I mean, you're right. He only had a half of a great season, and then the Magic tried to drop him as fast as they could after yeah. that. So, I, I can't put him there. Um, JJ Redick at 15. Uh, I think if you're if you're looking back with a with with a romantic romanticizing the past, you know, I mean his his last year here before we traded him to Milwaukee was really good. Uh, you know, he started uh, hitting Glenn Davis off the pin downs and really turning into a playmaker and not just a shooter off the bench. And, you know, as he came into the starting lineup, I mean, if you talk about the yeah. bulk of his career here, he was playing 15 minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, he he couldn't sniff the court under Brian Hill. And then he really went through hell trying to get minutes under Stan Van Gundy. You but talk he, about he appreciates his, it. Yeah, his his first couple years here, he couldn't even guard Matt Carroll. So, I mean... You talk about the the total, yeah. The that, progression yeah. is great, but the total body of his work, uh, I don't know if he deserves to be even ahead of Grant Hill or Vince Carter. Yeah, I think look, the fans love Reddick. The fans loved Ryan Anderson when they were here, but I mean, as far as yeah. out, overall output, I mean, that's having them at fifteen and twenty-one. That's 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 high, I think. Um, and then Nikola Vucevic at thirteen. I am actually more than fine with this. I think that Vooch right now is slotted as the third greatest center in Magic history. Wow. Um, and that's going above my boy Ronnie Cycli and Marcin Gortat. Yeah. Who I guess that's that's your top five right there. Um, he's got He's got a lot of records on his side. He's got a lot of statistics on his side. Um, I'm more than fine with him being at 13. He's even broken a few of Dwight Howard's records already. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're talking about Magic Centers, I'm partial to Don Reed. But if you want to go with <laughs> Vucevic, then uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, rebounding wise, he's been off the charts. He's put together now four seasons. So you know, I mean, you're talking about Shaq range. Yeah, he's he's been here longer than you think, and he's been putting up double doubles for longer than you think, and maybe his his you know his totals put him in the top thirteen. I think when it's all said and done, Vooch will be in that top five. Honestly, I think he he's got a great contract right now. I don't think the Magic should even think about trading him at this point. Very friendly, um, very friendly contract that twelve million per season, and I mean he. He's he's going. I'm very curious to see what Vogel can can get out of him on the defensive end because we already know what he can do offensively. I think Vooch is a better defender than people give him credit for, and we'll see. But I think he will most definitely be top ten here in the next year or two, and he could very well be top five by the time his Magic tenure is done. I think that's a very fair argument. And now let's get to the top ten. This is the. The greatest of the greatest. You wanna you wanna do the honors here of uh, so what Mr. Get, Josh got, Cohen from yeah. OrlandoMagic.com has? So we have number ten, Dennis Scott, three D. Number nine, Horace Grant. Gotta be the goggles. Rashard Lewis comes in at number eight. 
Hito Turkoglu at seven. Jameer Nelson, sixth best Magic player, according to Josh Cohen. Now the top five. Nick Anderson, the original. Mm-hmm. Tracy McGrady is at four. Penny Hardaway at three. Dwight Howard at two. Ooh. And then the best Magic player of all time, Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. Okay. Where uh, do we start here? I think maybe we should start towards the bottom and work our way up right. on this one. Uh, Dennis got a 10. I got no problem. You know, I, I look... It, I think that's perfect. That, I think that's fine. He's got all those three-point records. Uh, he's got, you know, he's part of the, the, the finals teams. I mean, uh, the finals team. He's part of, the, you know, he got drafted by the Magic in, in 90, I believe. Uh, and, you know, he went from a skinny three-point shooting kid who could dunk on people to when his body filled out, maybe his athleticism right. betrayed him a bit. He became a three-point, sh- you know, sniper, sharpshooter. So I think Dennis Scott, Scott Skiles, and uh, Daryl Armstrong, you could go any which way as the 10th best Magic player of all time. But you, you, you know, came in as our first-round pick in 1990, provided an immediate lift, and he was part of that, uh, you know, building process to take us from an expansion team to a finals contender, championship contender. Yeah, and I think, look, I gave Dennis crap for having an awful 1995 finals, but, I mean, look, he still had a, a pretty solid career, even though his decline is very unfortunate and very sad for how that, that turned out. And he had a great short-lived talk show, and he had a great short-lived restaurant downtown that I ate at several times. And he didn't have a, a short-lived uh, kids' basketball camp, so... Um, <laughs> Pay him his money. Yeah. <laughs> so Horace Grant at nine, Richard Lewis at eight. Uh, these are the two best Magic power forwards of all time, right here. I would swap them. I think I would swap them. Yeah. Horace has the longevity. I mean, you think about what he brought that mid '90s team. He he took the the Magic from who got swept out of the playoffs in the first round in '94 against the Pacers to the finals. He got he Horace Grant is a reason that that team grew up so fast that got the team to the 95 finals. Now, on the other end, obviously, Richard Lewis, uh, the Magic had to pay him what they paid him, right. okay? But Richard Lewis, he helped get the Magic over the the ghosts of Detroit Pistons past. The yep. Magic were cursed by the Pistons for about five years. Clutch shot. Um, and then, you know, obviously, he had a huge, huge role of getting the Magic to the finals in 2009. A couple clutch yeah. shots. You know, you can go back to the Cavs series, in, in, you know, in the Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1. You can go back to the Game 4 where he hit that ridiculous turnaround three-pointer that won the game, that clinched the game for the Magic. I mean, and but, huge, huge contract, right? And you can't dispute that, but he came in. He willingly changed from the small forward to the power forward position. He sacrificed years of, right. of his career for yeah, that. Absolutely. And, and and consummate professional and, by all accounts, according to everyone involved with the team, probably one of the best teammates in NBA history. I think you swap them. Richard Lewis wore number nine for the Magic. He should probably be number nine. I mean, and look, Horace Grant up to eight. Yeah. Turn that eight sideways. It looks like a pair of goggles. <laughs> Put him on Horace Grant. Paint him blue. And I think we're right where we need to be. You should probably write for OrlandoMagic.com. Um, look, look. Uh, the the, re, the the other reason we got to bring up the you know Richard being under Horace is there is that that wishy washy PED uh, potential issue. Oh come on! Um, I I won't go further with that because obviously nothing else was really found for that. I right. mean, it was just something that came up. But there is that doubt in the back of your head with him and Hito Turkoglu, obviously at number seven, where Hito got caught red handed. Right. Um, Hito is. Probably the great, depending on how you view Tracy McGrady or Nick Anderson, Hito Turkoglu, you know, and I consider those two shooting guards. I think Hito Turkoglu is the best small forward in Magic history. Yeah, without a doubt, two two separate runs, one more successful than the other. You talk about the year that we signed Turkoglu for the mid-level exception. Our first target that year was Adonal Foyle. Yes, Adon- who we ended up signing anyway. But what 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 a great way to luck into getting Turkoglu. Uh, obviously great inbound passes for some of the memorable last second alley-oop finishes, but a lot of clutch shots at 07, 08 season. Yeah. You talk about, uh, you know, him becoming the go-to guy for Stan Van Gundy. Um, but really his point forward skills took the team to a new level. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing what, 
what Hito was able to do under under Stan. I mean, it's even when he came back in the end, he still had an occasional good game or two. I remember that triple double he had where he's doing the shake weight dance and whatnot. I mean, and there's so many jokes when it comes to Hito as far as like his English got worse the longer he he played in the league. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's pretty hilarious. Hito uh, Turkoglu, also the reason, uh, the seminal figure in your highest viewed, most viewed YouTube clip of all time. Yes, the 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 the, the shot against the Celtics that uh, 07, 08 regular season. Send um, us home. Yes, send it in. I think I curse a lot in that one too. So um, I, I, I guess I got to thank all the Turkish fans for making that my most viewed video. Um, <laughs> Jameer Nelson at number six. Um, I like Jameer a lot more than you do. Yes, I, 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 I think uh, that he, I think that he's got to go below. And this is tough to say, but even though he played nine years, you know, I, I think you got to put him below Daryl Armstrong and maybe Scott Skiles too. I, I'm in agreement with you. Um, and you look at look Jameer when he came in his rookie season, he ended up stealing the point guard job from Steve Francis. That's that's fantastic. That's wonderful. But and I mean they would play together at times. But but then he also kind of gave it back to Carlos Arroyo and Keon Doolin. Right. So he didn't really establish himself for a, a few seasons. And again in the '09 finals, you know Jameer, he's he 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 has the greatest season of his life in '08 '09. I don't doubt it. He definitely was fully deserving of being an All Star. But then you know he he tries to come back early in the finals. You know, maybe that shook Rafer Austin's confidence. I don't know, but Rafer's contributions leading up to that are almost—I view it—more endearing than what Jameer did in his career. Um, I mean, the other thing that kind of goes against Jameer unfairly is that he doesn't have a ton of memorable moments. He had the one game winner against Denver, um, but other than that, he just kind of—he was the third wheel. He had—he had the early. I want to say it was the O. It might have been the O eight O nine season, maybe O seven O eight. The Magic were on the road. I remember like a game winner against New Jersey, and there was like a back to back one as well with that. Um, I mean, look, he, he's had some clutch jumpers. He's for the man's size. He's he's oh, accomplished incredible. a lot. I mean, yeah. a fantastic career considering. Um, when I just you, don't. Put, when you yeah. go stand next to Jameer Nelson, you know, you see him out and about downtown or whatever at player events to imagine the things that he accomplished in his career and more specifically in his magic career at his size, incredible. I just wouldn't put him at six and I, I, I wouldn't put him in the top ten. I, I think he's behind though guys like Skiles and Daryl and look, we'll leave you guys for the debate on that. Um five, the original magic man, like you said, Nick Anderson. I got no problem with him at five. I'm actually I think five, four and three are actually well slotted. You have Nick Anderson at five, Tracy McGrady at four and Penny Hardaway at three. Yeah, I think those are all perfect placements. Obviously, uh, Anderson, the longest tenured Magic player. There's debate about retiring his jersey. I don't think they should. Um, obviously, the the free throws will always come up with him. But, but the probably the greatest single play in Magic history is right. him getting the steal off Michael so, Jordan in 95. Yeah. So, I mean, look, before that... The guy had back-to-back 19.9-point-per-game seasons. He didn't hit the 20-point-per-game margin. He was never an all-star, but he kind of played like an all-star those early seasons when the Magic were desperate for a player to do that before Shaq arrived. And Nick did that. And Nick, you know, to his credit, gracefully became a 3-and-D player when, you know, when Penny and, and Shaq showed up on the scene. I mean, I can remember Nick Anderson being a post-up player for a good chunk of his career and then a pretty perfect third or fourth banana for you know for that squad as they were making their run through the eastern conference and then he turned into a three-point shooter a guy who would spread the floor and a guy who could lock down the other team's best wing player so i'm a much bigger tracy mcgrady fan than you are yes you're you're a penny hardaway (laughs) guy we know that yes absolutely Uh, i'm gonna argue for mcgrady i think that you could go back or back and forth on it i'm gonna argue for tracy mcgrady that uh, he blossomed in Orlando, the o two o three season. You basically could mark him down. Yeah, he averaged thirty two. You know, basically yeah, thirty two point one five. Yeah. Right. You could mark him down for basically forty points a night for like a twenty game stretch. All right, McGrady's going to get forty, and then what? Uh, there was always a reason to go to the TD Waterhouse Center to watch the game because you never knew what he was going to do, how yeah. much he was going to score how he was going to dunk the ball. 
where he was going to kick it to in the rafters when he got pissed off that Andrew DeClerc kept blowing layups for him. But he was he basically kept Orlando relevant on a national level. Yeah, he did. For three and a half seasons. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, look, I can't With deny no that, help yeah. around him. I, I, and I fully respect that. I, I think McGrady hurts himself, though, as far as he talked way too much shit in the playoffs when he should not have talked that much shit. He got misquoted. On, he got on, misquoted. On which one? Which one are you talking about? Because oh, I'm bringing up, on. I'm bringing up the Buck series. I'm bringing up the Hornet series. I'm, you know, I'm not even talking about the three. You know, it's it's good to be in the second round. Kind it of. It would thing. have it been good to be in the second round. That's what he said. If if I get there, it will be good. But it is. Look, yeah. With the shit he had on that roster that he had to carry. I mean, he he definitely is on the you know. No wonder he, do, he fucking broke down. Yeah, I mean, look, he he did break. He down. had well, back problems because he was literally carrying a team on his back. And, and part of that though too was how much was he playing off natural ability instead of actually building his body up. You right. know, he gets some flack for that as well. Um, also, he definitely could have handled the exit from the team a lot better, but. He still belongs on the Mount Rushmore of of Magic players. He belongs in that fourth spot. I wouldn't put him above Penny. Penny, two-time scoring champion, 62-point game, off the backboard dunk in the All-Star game, off the backboard dunk in a regular season contest. So now tell me why Penny Hardaway is better than Tracy McGrady. So Penny, even when Shaq was hurt during that uh, early part of the 95-96 season, Penny literally was given the the throne as soon as Michael Jordan was going to step away. He was the next one. He was the guy that everyone. It wasn't Grant Hill. It wasn't Reggie Miller. It wasn't you know other other you know guard wing type players waiting the wing. It was Penny. Penny was he trans he 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 went across normal basketball lines with the little Penny commercials. I mean. Even today, he still has one of, if not the most legendary basketball shoe of all time. I mean, for a guy who didn't do a whole lot of talking, I mean, Penny is is a god to a lot of people. And look, growing up as a little kid, Penny was the man for me. He's the reason why I love the basketball. He's the reason why I'm as diehard of a Magic supporter as I am. And I still think it's bullshit the way he got treated by by a lot of the media before his exit. I don't know why Chuck Daly hated his guts so much. I, I really don't. And look, I mean, the legendary 97 series against the Heat where the Magic are down 2-0. They, get, they got obliterated the first two games. You know, Richie Adubato is looking for any type of body to carry the team. I mean, Ronnie Cycli breaks down. Dennis Scott can't shoot worth anything. Horace Grant was hurt. Uh, Nick Anderson had a bad back. I mean, he's literally throwing in Daryl Armstrong and Gerald Wilkins as the support guys. And Penny in games three and four, and I don't know if I've ever told you this, but the first Magic game I ever went to was that game three at the old arena. And Penny's out there, and Penny's out there dropping 42 and 41 in back-to-back games with Doc Rivers being (laughs) mystified as the the color commentator during those TNT or TBS uh, nationally televised games. That was very impassioned. Yeah, I almost lost my voice on that, which is kind of tough for me. Um, yeah, look, I, 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 it pains me to admit it. I think they're. I think you talk about their neck and neck at three and four. And I think, Penny has the longevity too. I yeah, would say. I think Penny gets the slight nod. You talk about now the top two. This one could go either way, also. And so Dwight Howard is listed at number two, and Shaquille O'Neal is listed at number one on that OrlandoMagic.com list. I would flip them. I would put Shaq to I think Dwight for as much crap as I give him for being an off, you know for being a hypocrite and a quitter at times Dwight Howard is the, is the number 1 guy on this list. Dwight has double the longevity of Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, Shaq's 4 years were absolutely ridiculous, but Dwight has a whole bunch of franchise records, a whole bunch. And you know, he he too got the magic to a finals. Unlike Shaq though, he helped the team actually win a game in the finals. Oh. Ouch. So, I think Dwight belongs number one. Shaq is a very strong number two. I think, I, I, I think those are your top two guys, though. I, I think the this is interesting. If Dwight Howard had handled his exit in any manner other than with which it was handled, I think he's a clear cut number one. 
obviously, he doubled up Shaq in terms of longevity. Uh, I would be inclined, and I did probably didn't feel this way a couple years ago, but I would be inclined now to leave Shaq at number one. His statistics on the whole were better than Dwight for the time that he was here. His performance in big games was better than Dwight when he was here. He, you know, created the Shaq attack. He was he put the magic on the map. Oh yeah, I right? mean, look, I mean, he I, created I give, the yeah. franchise. Look, I give Penny a lot of credit, but Shaq is the reason why the magic became as popular as they became. You talk about Shaq. I think there's three memorable plays with Shaq that every Magic fan and really every NBA plan will cling to from his time in Orlando, which is pulling down the goal pulling down the other goal, and then that play that was always on inside stuff where he's diving on the loose, uh, you know, for the loose ball, going into the basket stanchion, flipping it behind his head. I think you talk about memorable plays, memorable moments. There are a lot more with Shaq than there are with Dwight, and I know the San Antonio game winner. I know the dunk, the alley-oop, the deflected alley-oop against Boston. Uh, you know, he had he had moments but hey, he pulled down the shot clock in that Eastern Conference series uh, against Cleveland. It was a loose screw. But you know, Dwight had a, 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 a compilation of moments, but Shaq's moments were seminal. You know, no, I, mean, I agree. Like, yeah, but I, I still would put Dwight uh, at number one just because of the longevity—eight years versus four. I mean, he 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 too took the team at a very low point to. Uh, one of its highest yeah and so i mean there's a lot of comparisons between the two they're both partners in crime basically now as dwight howard is looking to get a max deal or one final huge paycheck from another team in the nba it won't be the magic so screw off um <laughs> i mean look dwight and you know the big difference obviously for i'm sure why people support Shaq now more is we know that the devos family basically dropped the ball with Shaq by lowballing him during that 96 offseason if they would have given him over a hundred million dollars, you know, when guys like Jawan Howard and Chris Webber were getting offered that, right, and Alonzo Mourning, um, you know, I, I would say that you know Shaq probably would have never left, and maybe he wanted to leave LA the whole time, maybe he didn't, but the Magic ownership and front office gave that option, whereas and and, and they gave the opportunity for Shaq to walk away, whereas with Dwight, the Magic gave Dwight everything. Right. I mean, they made roster moves because of Dwight, you know, for coaching what he wanted. Coaching moves because of Dwight. Because of Dwight. Yeah. I mean, the Magic fi- basically fired their, I mean, they did fire their greatest head coach of all time, yeah. Stan Van Gundy, for a chance that Dwight would stick around and be happy, and it just didn't work out. But I think, you know, if I can throw some of the emotion out the window a little bit, I still would put Dwight at number one, but I'm not as against Shaq being where he's listed at number one on that list as I would have been, say, a couple of years ago, maybe maybe it's a, a mellow old age. age. I don't know, but um, any... I think it's interesting. I would love to hear what the what the listeners think. You know, uh, with with every with regard to one through seventy. But on the whole, if you look at this list of players and more specifically the top five: Shaquille O'Neal, Dwight Howard, Penny Hardaway, Tracy McGrady, Nick Anderson. Hell, I'd play all five together. But you look at that top five. There are a number of franchises in the NBA that would be lucky as hell to consider them their top five players of all time. And even though there's been some down times lately, we've gone through a rough patch here the last couple of years. How lucky are we to be Magic fans that we've gotten all of these different eras with all of these different skill sets and personalities that we've gotten to experience over the last 26 years? Yeah, and look, I mean, we're, we're quite fortunate that the Magic have, have, been, have not been bad for a long period of time. I mean, you look, just currently, this period of time is the longest the Magic have actually been bad. It's four years. It's not the end of the world. Right. It's just, you know, I mean, that's why I think Magic fans, for the most part, have been spoiled a little bit. Um, I count us fortunate. I don't want to say we've been spoiled. I just think we've been very fortunate. We've developed talent. We've made big signings. We've done what we've we've gotten a little bit of luck with the ping right. pong balls. Certainly, but, would rather be us than our 1989 brethren, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yes, even though the Timberwolves do have a bright future ahead of them. On I the still, whole, on the whole, though, yeah. you definitely take the Magic's history over over yeah. theirs and a lot of other teams. So uh, that'll do it for our little uh, time machine trip here. 
if you have any comments or, or, or any thoughts on, on that top 70 list and our thoughts on nitpicking poor Josh Cohen's list. Yeah, leave a comment. Hit us up on Twitter. This is an interesting discussion that I'd like to continue. Yeah, we'll, we'll have this posted on MagicBasketballOnline.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at MagicMBO for the site story only feed. Penny can be followed at Spencer Strode. I can be followed at Papa Giorgio MBO. Again, please you know, subscribe. Please subscribe. Please leave awesome five star reviews for us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to us. Or and leave an honest review, four stars. That's fine. I mean, I'll take any review at this point. <laughs> any buzz is good buzz, yeah. right? So uh, that that'll do it for for this episode of the podcast. And uh, next time you'll hear us, we will be talking a lot more uh, current Magic topics. Almost draft time. See you soon.